from the bedroom to the boardroom. So we are starting a bit things different. So as we do our normal bedroom, living room, boardroom themes, we're starting it a bit different. Number one, this will not be live anymore. So this will be recorded. You can always engage with the video. Me and my staff will be there readily engaging. It's always a conversation, but you'll see this is recordings for now on because we're gonna put sole focus into our television network and also into you guys growing your own TV shows under Guiding Star Veteran TV Network and other networks that we are going over and growing. So you can always engage, but the thing is, is that now this is going to be a recording. So if you want the most engagement, go over and join us on Facebook and join us at Learn and Live. And also you can go over and join us every Wednesday on Guiding Star Veteran TV Network. Our time is to be determined. So we're back in the bedroom for 2021 because the bedroom is always most important to make transformation. If we as military veterans and first responders are not making change from the bedroom to the boardroom, it's just a shamble and things are going to fall apart. So let's go jump into the bedroom this week to go and be intentional in the bedroom and clean up our mess. So let's get started. Hurricane Katrina. If you all remember, some of you might be a little young, some of you might be been around for a long time. Hurricane Katrina in 2005, 2006, and I'm ballparking the date, is that was one of the most devastating hurricanes that we ever had. Out of all the hurricanes we've had, we had Andrew, we had Bob, we had everything else, and all other storms when it comes to the United States, Katrina really ransacked us. We knew it was coming for days on end, but what happened was is that we still, some of us, or even a majority of us, stayed. A majority of us went over and fled, a majority of us went over and stayed, and there was consequences with those actions of either leaving or staying. When it comes to a marriage, what does a natural disaster and a conflict have in common? The thing is, is I came over to realize this as I was writing our book, Leave No Marriage Behind, about three years back, is when you see a natural disaster and you see a conflict, this is what happens and what they have in common. When you're aware of it, when we were, if you're aware of Hurricane Trina, you see the news and everything else, it allows you to navigate the storm. And what also allows you is to navigate the level of devastation you face based on the choices. When you're not aware of a natural disaster coming, devastation goes over and hits you and it hits you really, really hard. But the, and the same thing happens with a conflict. When a conflict comes out of nowhere, it can hit you really, really hard, and the storm can be way more intense. But if you're aware that conflict's gonna happen, you're aware that natural disaster's gonna happen, you can navigate it a lot easier, and then the devastation from the conflict or from the natural disaster can be based on your choices. If you know about the conflict coming, and you decide to stay and dig your heels and go into it, especially if you're not coming in for heart to go over and serve the marriage, things go over and explode. Same thing happens with the natural disaster. If you're willing to stay, the devastation can be huge. The people that fled Hurricane Katrina, they had less devastation. They might have lost their property. They might have lost their livelihoods. They might have lost their lives. Well, not their lives, but they didn't lose their lives in the sense of the storm if they fled. The people that fled could have or did lose their lives. So, and the thing is, is no matter what, no matter if it's Katrina, Bob, even if it's the COVID virus, the swine flu, Spanish flu, whatever it is, whatever natural disaster, pandemic, anything comes in life, conflicts and storms are going to come. COVID's going to end and something else is going to come up. 
One conflict's going to go resolve and other ones will come. But we have a choice and we have an opportunity when we're aware of it, we can respond. And when we respond, it's better for both, better for what the uh, devastation comes out of the storm and what the devastation comes out of the conflict. So today we're going to be diving into my mess to help you better deal with your own. The best example is to always for the host to go put that on so you can go over and deal better in this. Because conflicts are not, conflicts are a when, not an if. They will happen. The thing is, is that I've been working on this for now since June of 2013 actively and still they come up. And let me refresh why we're gonna go through my mess and what happened in June of 2013 that went over and culminated to what we do today, how we're serving you and how this wisdom came about. So I got married actually December of 2006, December 18th of 2006. And for me, I thought I was mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and socially ready for marriage. Oh, was I wrong to say the least. So conflicts would come and go over and go and things would go over and happen. And we would do, if you ever read the DNA of relationships, the cycle of abuse. We would go over and have the buildup. We would go over and have the conflict. And then we would go do the buy the gifts and try to reconcile and use sex as a band-aid and go over and over again. If you've ever been through that, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. So we did that for a while. So we got married, deployed, went over and had one kid, two kids, four kids. And now the culmination of 12 years of active duty all went away like that based on me going over and switching a job because me i was not dealing with my mess so that conflict exploded and we eventually got out of service of june uh, june 1st of 2012 at least active duty got blessed by august september to go back into the reserves and things kind of sort of stabilized at a point then was down in arkansas and then everything went over and exploded and job went away and everything else. So that was a boardroom conflict, which basically work just went away. So we went over and moved to Washington and we moved to Washington back around uh, 2013. I think it was a few months prior. So we moved back to Washington and lived there for about four years. But June of 2013 was, it was actually on my wife's birthday that things went over and took the cake. I allowed my mess and we're going to talk about what mess is to go over and explode and everywhere else so we kept going through that cycle again and again and again and i was the main trigger because i wasn't going over and dealing with my stuff from my past my past would trigger which would come into my present and then go over and make my future so if something didn't look right mentally emotionally socially spiritually within the day the week the month in my marriage in the bedroom guess what the bedroom took the most hit that's standard typical we don't go out and deal for and take our mess and our junk and go over and usually throw it on our boss. If we did, we probably already thrown it on our marriages and thrown it on our kids. So maintain, maintain professionalism on the outside. Everything on the inside was messed up and tore up on the floor. The bedroom was destroyed, metaphorically speaking. And I kept doing this again and again and again. Threatened divorce on my wife's birthday of that June of 2013. Wow, was I a winner. And it came to a culmination within, I think, about five to 10 days after that argument that we had a really deep argument. And my wife basically spiritually kicked me in the nuts. I'm just going to say it right there and then. 
everything I did wrong, all the emotional hurt that I went over and did, how I responded mentally, emotionally, socially, and spiritually was basically rotor-rooted during a basically three-hour, quote-unquote, pandemic for myself, my own personal pandemic of my life collapsing on, on top of me in 2013. And I just had everything flashbacks from basically from when I got married up until that point and even stuff from the past on why I did what I did. That was a huge mess. And I was the primary culprit of that responsibility. Sometimes in marriage, it might be both, but for in this particular episode, it was me. I was the primary one that had a huge mess and didn't go and deal with. So the conflicts, like storms kept coming, but I was the one bringing the storms on a regular basis. And then finally, the Hurricane Katrina of my life came in June of 2013, wrecking me. So you ask yourself, it's 2021 now, you're still married, uh, you're talking on marriage and family and everything else. How did it go over and go? How did we go over and deal? And I want to go share that with you on how I went over and dealt and then how we went over and dealt and hopefully you can take some of this wisdom to go over and to apply it. So the first thing I went over and do is I did a mess inventory of myself. I didn't know it was that when I went over and did it, but I basically had to go take a mess inventory. So, and what a mess inventory is, is first it starts out with the M is mental. I had to go evaluate what I think because what I think goes over and dictates what I go over and do. So what was in my mind of what a marriage was, how my wife was supposed to perform, how I thought about when I got out of the military and everything else and how marriage was supposed to be and how day-to-day -day ops was supposed to be and everything else, it was messed up. It was totally messed up. We've had arguments about laundry piles and systems. That's another conversation another time, just based on that my thoughts even though they were my thoughts were they right thoughts for my marriage no now individually you're by yourself and you have those things those thoughts might be good but when it comes to a marriage you have to come to corporate thoughts to go over and to thrive in a marriage when you have just individual thoughts all the time because you are two individuals but the major things in life that you're sharing if it's just based on your thoughts and you're going over and bringing it to the table and you're saying it's this way or the highway mentality that I did for those seven years, totally was messed up. And in a line of it, they could talk about the DNA cycle of abuse. I was that person. The only difference of it is, is that God went over and healed me through those things. I mean, she could have left me. I mean, I wasn't, I was borderline verbally abusive, just calling it straight out. So my thoughts, needed to go get an inventory, to go over and deal with that. What was right for my marriage? It, it could be right in the sense of a workplace, you know? It's like you want a certain standard of cleanliness, but is that standard willing to die for in a marriage? More than likely, no. So first I needed to do an inventory of what I think, which then led to an emotional inventory of what I feel. I had to go over and when those feelings came up, when certain expectations weren't met or how the day went over and went, or how conversations went, or how intimacy and sex and kids and logistics and getting out of the service abruptly and everything else, when my feelings were in that regard. And then also stuff from my past, 
even stuff from me realizing that for me personally I, I was sexually molested as a kid and then my parents divorced and death and i allowed those emotions to tie from my past into my present which then affected and spilled into my marriage into the bedroom the kids only saw a glimmer of that but i was definitely pouring that out in the bedroom and sometimes it would spill out into the living room so i had to take an inventory of what i feel in that material regard is those feelings valid is those feelings need to be tied to the bedroom most of them weren't supposed to and then going from there i had to go over and say i had to do a social inventory what i perceive because we're raised with motives values and personality style and they combine come with individual behavior and what we perceive what's socially what a marriage is supposed to look like what also what parenting is going on because it affected both it primarily affected the bedroom but it also secondarily affected the living room so what i perceive of what a husband role is what a wife role is what a father role is what a mother role is those types of things it could go over and destroy especially if you're both not corporately on the same social plane because when you're both different it's just a matter of time that those storms those conflicts are going to happen so i had to do an inventory on that and what i perceived and going from there I had to do an inventory of what's spiritual. Now, the, in your particular regard, maybe listen to this, your military veteran first responder, you're like, I don't know if I want to go touch spiritual. Well, I'm just going to call it point blank. We all have spiritual. We have things that we go over and believe. You might believe in Jesus Christ. You might go believe in Buddha, Wiccan, uh, atheism, whatever it is. But the thing is, is that I had to do an inventory of what I believed. And for me, it was my faith in Christ to go over and say, how do I live out my faith in Christ in my marriage? Am I living that outright? Am I showing the biblical principles that were in there? And now for yourself, it's like, if you're coming to this from your perspective, is the beliefs that you're bringing to the table, no matter if they have faith-based or not, is that going over being fruitful for what's bringing into the bedroom? Because you're sharing all that every single time. No matter if you're verbally expressing it or not, you will live out these four things, your mental, your emotional, your social, and your spiritual. And will you have a mess that someone wants to get into or a mess that people don't want to get into? Because some messes are fun, right? You know, you go over and, you know, you have a fun time and it's a good mess. But do you really want to get in that? That's what happens when you're dating. You're looking at those things consciously or unconsciously. Is the person mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually compatible with me or you to go over and do that? So for me, I had to go over and say, now that I've been married six, six, seven years at the time, is what my beliefs I have for marriage, what beliefs I have for parenting and relationship and our lives, and then also boardroom stuff, because it pours, the mess pours out from the bedroom to the boardroom. I had to take all that and do an inventory of what I go over and believe. And after that long pursuit, and it wasn't something that was quick. This was over weeks and months and uh, actually a few years. It wasn't until about a year 12 until things started to go and go get better. This was a five-year shift of myself going over and looking at myself like, 
What am I going over and believing? What am I going over and feeling? What am I going over and perceiving? What am I going over and thinking? And the next pursuit, and they actually kind of went hand in hand, but depends on, you know, you and where you're at in your, in your walk with cleaning up the mess is next. For me personally, I started a pursuit of a doctoral degree of my wife. And what do I mean by that? If you ever read the book, Leave No Marriage Behind, our book that we've written in basically 2017, which we hope to do a revamp pretty soon, is that we tend to do it backwards in the United States of America. We go over and put all our effort to get a BS and a master's and a PhD for our boardroom, which the average American is pivoting nine times. Let's see if I can do this right. Nope, nine times. <laughs> nine times we pivot from 18 to 65. And a bunch of us are pursuing this education that averagely lasts between five to seven years. You could get a doctorate degree today, January 2nd, 2021, and go over and get that doctorate degree. And what happens is, is that basically in 2028, it's going to be null and void. The information might stay, but you're technically out of compliance. And especially the way our moving world is, is that especially if you're in technology, IT, like I was, gone like that literally in a month a year a day depends on what you're going over and doing i've had jobs literally dissolve because the technology or the infrastructure didn't exist so what i recommend is that the degree that you should be pursuing the most is your doctorate degree and your wife and what does that mean that you're studying her or him if it's your husband to go over into learn them so well that you pursue and you move. Like when you're working through a doctorate, you do a thesis, it almost becomes a part of you. Every part of the essence goes over and ties with it. You're eating, sleeping, breathing that thesis and that doctoral statement that you're doing for those 18 to 24 months. But we need to be doing that not just for 18 to 24 months, we should be pursuing that for a lifetime. And when we pursue that doctrine degree in our wife and we put them as priority one instead of our education, then we go over to Thrive. I was putting so much boardroom stuff in on going over and setting up perspectives and reflections, which was the prior name of the business, and going over and setting up success in there that I wasn't pursuing her. I wasn't wooing her. I wasn't doing regular date nights. I wasn't trying to get to know her. I wasn't trying to go over and study her. I wasn't trying to go over and to get to know her so well, mentally, emotionally, socially, spiritually, and even sexually. We didn't even mention that concept in here is that if you don't know them, then you're just, the conflicts come in, the storms come in more. But they still will come. But the thing is, is that'll be a lot easier as you go over and pursue that doctorate degree in your spouse because you will know how to navigate through those storms, through those conflicts. And the last thing that I recommend, and especially if you're more like me, if you're more the dominant, inspiring style, you're more the go-getter, A-type personality style, and you have your spouse is the exact opposite, let's say the B style or more submissive and conscientious, then this analogy goes over well. Walk the walls of Jericho. You might not be a person of faith, but I'll walk you briefly through the story. So basically, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down by walking of them, listening to God compared to just going over and taking out the army. The army was huge in that particular guard. And no one could go over and take them out. 
So God basically referred to his people and said to walk the walls. And when they walked the walls of Jericho and they did it once a day for like six days and on the seventh day they did it seven times, and I'm paraphrasing the story, that basically the walls came tumbling down. That's the same that it works in conflict sometimes. Conflict sometimes, just like the storms, you might need to wait it out. Katrina, we needed to go and leave. We needed to break down the walls and get out. We needed to, you know, the levees got broken in Hurricane Katrina. So the storm won and, it's, and it was time to leave. You know, you might have your different opinions of that, but that's just at least from my take. But there's other times you have to go over and wait it out. You might find out some of the storms just going over and waiting it out because the forecast can go over and change. And the same thing happens in conflict. You could be in the heat of the moment going arguing, pulling, you are this and you are that. Sometimes it might not be a major, it might be a minor and you need to go over and let it go. And I'm a fighter. I really fight for my opinions mentally, emotionally, socially, and spiritually. But I've had to learn to let go of the reins and walk the walls of Jericho. And as I went over and got to through my mess and started pursuing my wife in an active way and learning to walk through that, now I can say in 2021 that we're thriving. We still have moments. We still have conflicts. We just had a really intense conversation earlier about finances and different things and just last night but the thing was is that we're okay we're still in love we're able to work through the things we're able to pursue and to woo and still go over and be and i will be tonight going over and hanging out with her in virtual reality and having time with her tonight because i went over and i continue to go over and do that now i'm not saying i'm the be all know all but i wanted to share this with you guys so you guys can thrive and take some of this wisdom to start the pursuit of being intentional in the bedroom. Resolutions fail typically. Intentions can fail more, but if you have the intention of going over and doing it with the pursuit of the right heart, then it happens. You can be resolute all you want, but the thing is, is that if you have the right intentions and you actually pursue, you'll go over and thrive. And that's why we're focusing on being intentional. It's making an active choice. Resolutions and intentions don't. So intentions will last through this, through time. So our disclaimer for all over this is as you, if you take this on as a mantra and you go over and you adopt this and you go over and, you know, start reading our book and going over and start applying for this stuff. And no matter, because our book is a cornucopia of resources. Most of our stuff is either tied, let's say, to five love languages or the DNA of relationships or different books that subject matter experts were awesome with. And I just wanted to give that message out there to reinforce what we applied in our marriage is that a disclaimer I want to go over and give is make the change for your growth, not theirs. Because sometimes your mess could be so huge. And as you're going over and dealing with it, the person might want to divorce might want to go over and separate. If you go with the intention to quote unquote, save your marriage, more than likely you're not going to because you're doing it with the wrong intentions. You have to make the change for your growth. When you're doing that honestly and sincerely, and for me, I thought my marriage could be destroyed. You know, I would be living out the second part of the legacy of my parents went through a divorce and I thought I was going to be next. But the thing is, is that if I make the intention, and this talks about this in the DNA of relationships, is that when you make the intention of yourself for that transformation and change, that's when you get to transformation and change and people actually see it. Your spouse sees it in the bedroom, your kids see it in the living room, your coworkers see it on the boardroom. And that's when 
the conflicts get less, the storms get less, and then you can go over and thrive. And even if your marriage didn't make it, that you'll be able to go over and to be a holistic, better person. My heart and my goal is for you guys is to thrive and to keep that bedroom alive and thriving. But the thing is, my biggest goal for you is for your growth, your individual growth, and not for theirs. Because as you go over and grow, naturally things go over and change. And people go over and change because they, they see that and they see that in you and they want that for themselves. It's attainable. It's it's palatable. They want to go over and do that. So we have a challenge each and every week, even from 2020 to 2021. Our superhero challenge of the day is to do an inventory of your mess. And I just messed up on that. That's awesome. You're your mess. <laughs> Got to go play. Even with recording, sometimes you mess up things. But do an inventory of your mess and be intentional at the start of the cleanup. So I would challenge you to go over and do that. So again, this is always a dialogue, never a monologue, even though now we're recording these episodes compared to going over and being live, but we are there to go over and engage. We get the notifications. We want you to be engaging. So if you are struggling within the bedroom and you have a mess that's just too huge, call us. We want to connect with you. 20 minutes free for every military veteran first responder. Connect with us on Facebook, connect us on Instagram, connect with us on Twitch, connect with us. We're even on Clubhouse now. We just do that once a week. So if you find it, find us in Clubhouse and like what we do, connect there. Whatever social media goes over and connect with even Padopolo, the dynamic interactive podcasting app, we're, we're there also. Connect with us. We want you to go over and thrive. Either myself or one of my staff will go over and connect with you so you can go over and not sit there and just surviving, but continue to go over and thrive. So I want to thank you all for watching. Uh, you guys have a great day. Again, we'll see you tomorrow in another episode of War Hero Superior. And we want to take this time to go thank our sponsors for going over and empowering us to get this message out. Millions of men and women have served this great country. However, over 40,000 veterans sleep on the streets every night. 20 veterans commit suicide on any given day. Veterans have been left without medical services while they suffer from mental illness and addiction. They're dying alone. Join Armory Dog and the Veterans Project to help serve this forgotten community of heroes. Veterans is a place for our men and women who have served our great country, giving them a place to stay and rehabilitate in a safe and positive environment. Please help support the Veterans Project so that these men and women can get back on their feet and find their purpose for living. The Veterans Project will house 10,000 veterans, getting them off the streets, back into society, and utilizing their skills as they once used to serve our great country. Veterans, not